Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. Another major supply-side shock may have been underestimated or even missed. We've got that story plus pandemic propaganda. But first, could DNA vaccines be the next tool in the world's battle against COVID-19? This from the Jerusalem Post. Occupied Palestine for the overvaxed variants and breakthrough cases. MAGA jabs going super great for Israel, I hear. India last month began boasting that it has created and its regulatory body approved the world's first DNA vaccine, Zycov-D, because it's all just funny scrabble letters that they just rearrange, it seems like. The vaccine developed by a company called Zydus Kadila expects to have it available for use as early as next month. A DNA vaccine is a form of a software vaccine, explained Tel Aviv University's professor Jonathan Gershoni. A software vaccine is one in which scientists vaccinate with the blueprint of the virus, just the DNA or the RNA corresponding to the genes that code for the spike protein, injecting it in a palatable and effective way into the body. The cells then synthesize the viral protein, which leads to the production of antibodies against the viral spike. This is as opposed to a hardware vaccine, which actually contains hardware, that is physical bits and pieces of the virus protein. You can have a hardware vaccine that consists of a killed virus, for example, or an attenuated virus, Gershoni explained, or you can have a subunit vaccine as well, such as the vaccine for hepatitis B, which is just purified spike protein. The immune system identifies the presence of the viral protein and that stimulates the immune system to respond and make highly specific targeted antibodies that inactivate the virus. All of the traditional childhood vaccines exist today that that exist today are hardware vaccines. And again, James, these are not the vaccines that existed when you and I were little kids in the 70s and 80s. However, as they note, since the late 1980s, scientists began playing with the idea that there could be applications for injecting DNA or RNA directly. First, in trying to develop gene therapy and more recently in the development of what Gershoni calls software vaccines. The hardware is the protein and the instruction manuals. The recipes that tell us how to make these proteins can be either in DNA or RNA. DNA or RNA, therefore, fall under the category of software vaccines. Both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, for example, are RNA vaccines, The AstraZeneca, Sputnik, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines all contain DNA of the spike protein as their active ingredient. Now, I'm not a doctor like Bills, Gates, and Nye, or let alone Dr. Dave Grohl, but this is pretty friggin' horrifying, right, James? It is, but you might think to yourself, looking at this at first glance, well, okay, I mean, we see a million stories kind of like this, and we know this is where things are going, but... This story really jumped out at me, and I think it's because of the just the brazen nature of the propaganda that's embedded in this article in particular, um, really jumped out at me. First of all, you start off in the first sentence of this article with the claim that India, just the country itself, I guess, began boasting about the world's first DNA vaccine, Zykov-D. 
Which, again, is bizarre because there's no source or no link to that claim. India began boasting. Okay. And then that is flatly contradicted in plain English in the 17th paragraph, the 17th paragraph of this article. Despite the claims coming from India, again, there are other DNA vaccines already on the market. So the entire framing of the article is itself a lie. Here we have the first, this could be the future and that we might have the first DNA vaccine. Actually, DNA vaccines already exist. And then they go on to differentiate, well, it's the difference between the adenovirus viral vector DNA versus naked DNA, shoving DNA directly into your cells. Um, so, okay, I guess there's that distinction. But again, they don't make that distinction till well over halfway through this article when everyone stopped reading. Um, the entire article, all of it, Despite the fact that there's apparently some, I mean, this is an Indian company or something that's producing this, none of that, there's there's no even attempt to source or document or, or quote anybody from involved with the vaccine or anything like that. All of it, 100% of this article throughout the entire article, it's, pr it's a pretty lengthy article too, all sources to exactly one scientist, this Gershoni guy. And he's quoted on everything, including, again, you take the uh, uh, completely sourceless claims that some people think there may be dangers with the DNA vaccine. But Gershoni says that it's uh, good as mother's milk. Uh, it's such, again, it's such a brazenly, bizarrely propagandistic article that the only, I mean, the only thing it serves to do, the only function that this article serves is to, A, promote this Zykov D vaccine pre-promotion for whichever company is behind this, right? Which, again, has never gone into in the article itself. But also, of course, the idea of DNA vaccines, prepping the public for it. It's, I mean, there's so many layers to what's going on in this article. I just want people to read it and, 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 and digest. Look at it from that perspective. If you're putting together a piece of propaganda, why would you put it together this way? Who is the audience for this article and what is it attempting to do? Anyway, these are real questions, which I hope will have real answers. I'm actually going to attempt. I'm going to reach out and attempt to get some answers about this article, how and why it was constructed. Hopefully, I'll be able to report back on that um, when and if I get answers. <laughs> I'm not holding my breath. Anyway, um, on that note, perhaps a couple of slightly more hopeful uh, good news side stories towards the vaccine nightmare hellscape that we're living through. Uh, Israelis rise up against vax passports after being told more shots needed to be considered fully vaccinated. This coming from uh, Activist Post, which notes that uh, now Israelis are being told they will need at least four vaccinations to be considered fully vaccinated and engage in society. And, at, you know, I, I kind of want to mock the people who were totally on board with the first two and started to hesitate on the third one and by the fourth one are finally realizing that this will never end. As long as you live, they will continue pressing this. They will add more and more and more stipulations, more booster shots. Then it'll be the next scamdemic and then they'll have more vaccines for that and it will never, ever, ever end. Do not start this ride because there is no way to get off it. But anyway, at least they're finally starting to question, oh, maybe maybe this is a bad idea. Yeah, you think so? Also, the Netherlands, Dutch protest against COVID-19 vaccine passed to enter bars and restaurants, noting that hundreds of protesters were marching against the introduction of the new Corona Pass in the Netherlands on Saturday. So there, there is, I mean, there is large-scale uprisings taking place around the globe. Let's, let's help uh, inform those people 
with real information about about these so-called vaccines, what they really are, how they really function, because now is the time to start reaching the people who were totally on board with the first two or three or four or five shots, but will start to question after they're told they will need 10 shots to be fully vaccinated and whatever else. People are starting to question. Let's be there with answers. And let's point out the ridiculous brazen propaganda of the things like this Jerusalem Post piece. Isn't it interesting how we've seen historically when there's protests, you know, those anarchists out smashing windows and do endless coverage on the mainstream news. But when it's people fighting for their freedoms based on not wanting to take experimental shots, it's crickets. They don't show any coverage. You'd almost think they'd want to show coverage of all these crazy people. Oh, hey, they're not crazy because it's families and truckers and regular people that have had it. And really, I mean, if if people don't see because remember, this is we're being yelled at by all the smartest people who have all the stuff figured out and they couldn't possibly be taken as suckers. They don't see the similarities between never ending booster shots and software patches and upgrades for crappy Windows software coming from the same the same dudes. Oh, hellscape. You so crazy. New World Next Week, episode 461 continues. Not content to quit while they were behind with the Murder Wolves PSYOP you might recall from last fall. Holy smokes. Military leaders saw pandemic as unique opportunity to test propaganda techniques on Canadians. This coming from the awesome OttawaCitizen.com. Canadian military leaders... Well, again, I I can't say every work that they do is awesome. I just know that between the wolf story and this story, Ottawa Citizen has been doing some good work. Fix all that. (laughs) Canadian military leaders saw the pandemic as a unique opportunity to test out propaganda techniques on an unsuspecting public. A newly released Canadian Forces report concludes the federal government never asked for the so-called information operations campaign, nor did the cabinet authorize the initiative developed during the COVID-19 pandemic by Canadian Joint Operations Command, then headed by Lieutenant General Mike Rouleau. I'm sure he got to, you know, parachute out on his golden parachute. Military commanders believed they didn't need to get approval from higher authorities to develop and proceed with a propaganda plan, retired Major General Daniel Goslin, who was brought in to investigate the scheme, concluded in his report. Again, they brought in the military to investigate the military, and this is one of those times where it's still pretty bad. They didn't cover up all their misdoings. Propaganda plan developed and put in place right in the heat of it. April 2020, even though the Canadian forces had already acknowledged that information operations and targeting policies and doctrines are aimed at adversaries and have a limited application in domestic concept. A copy of the December 2nd, 2020 Goslin investigation, as well as other related documents, was obtained by the Ottawa Citizen using the Access to Information Law. The plan, devised by the Canadian Joint Operations Command, also known as C-J-O-C, C-J-O-C, I don't know how they say it out as a word, relied on propaganda techniques similar to those employed during the awesome Afghanistan war. The campaign called for shaping and exploiting information. I guess they stopped short of grooming. 
CJOC claimed the information operations scheme was needed to head off civil disobedience by Canadians during the coronavirus pandemic and to bolster government messages about the pandemic. Now, what's this crazy thing I said about murder wolves? Let's go back to October of 2020. Forged letter warning about wolves on the loose. Part of Canadian military propaganda campaign that oopsie went awry. And of course, our buddy Dan Dix did great work on it. Canadian military fake wolves fear campaign exposed. James? Yes. Okay. Excellent. So good contextualization and framing of this. So for people who don't know that story, please go back and check it out if they want. I did a uh, propaganda watch with uh, Dan Dix last year on that story. The Canadian military declares war on Canadians, where I think we put the right emphasis on it. Yeah, the military is literally waging psychological warfare on its own citizens. Black and white. Here it is. And yes, it's a silly story at first glance, but it's creepier the more you look into it. And the more you look into it, the more you discover, as David Pugliese at, uh, at Ottawa Citizen is discovering, he's the one who's continuing to follow the threads of this story. So yes, hats off for doing some investigative reporting on this. And what jumped out at me regarding this article in particular was the super cool, rad-sounding Operation Laser which they report on here, uh, a separate initiative not linked to the CJOC plan, but overseen by Canadian Forces Intelligence officers, culled information from public social media accounts in Ontario. Data was also compiled on peaceful Black Lives Matter gatherings and BLM leaders. Senior military officers claimed that information was needed to ensure the success of Operation Laser, the Canadian Forces mission to help out in long-term care homes hit by COVID-19 and to aid in the distribution of vaccines in some northern communities. So, uh, again, that's a bizarre part of that story. As as they go on to quote BLM leaders saying, well, why, why are you targeting us in Operation Laser? We had nothing to do with long-term care homes, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, why are you scooping up their... Social media data, does that make sense? And of course, that also raises the specter of how the high uh, death rate in care homes was created on purpose, which I covered with uh, journalist Rosemary Frey uh, here on Corbett Report last year. So I'll throw that link in for people who need that. But yeah, just some bizarre, bizarre, bizarre operations going on right now. Long story short, though, we know the Canadian military is targeting Canadians with psychological warfare operations. They are obviously taking, snarfing up all your social media data, compiling lists. It is happening. This is it. This is the Stasi secret police that we were told all our lives growing up. I'm sure you got this. I'm sure I got this in Canada. Oh, you know, you can tell the bad guys because they had all these secret police and these teams that were compiling lists and everyone was afraid of the of their own their own government. Well, here we are. This is it. This is what it looks like in Hellscape. So, uh, yeah, um, fascinating, horrifying story. Anyone who doesn't see the, the true importance of this isn't paying attention. And anyone who thinks... Well, I'm not Canadian or I'm not in Canada. Mm -hmm. You don't think your own government's doing it? It's just we happen to have the, this, uh, these documents that have come out, and I'm sure this is only scraping the surface of the story. Well, I, I grew up down here in the States from all the super rebel punk rock bands that say, America sucks. I'm going to run away to Canada. Yeah, good, good luck with that. They don't call it a brave new world for nothing. I saw a teacher's tweet today. 
basically saying a lot of people ask, gosh, how did the Nazis let it get this far? And comparing it to our present state, she wanted to make the point that it's already gone way past that point of how did you let it start out like this? We, we've moved like three segments already beyond that. Uh, as long as you're talking about, of course, the, the care homes being, of course, one of the biggest just open controversies of the scamdemic. Here in the States, folks might have heard New York Governor Andrew Cuomo resigns. Oh, oh, not for killing grannies, but for grabbing fannies. He went down for being a Democrat sex pest. Although the nursing home thing is probably much, much, much worse, but pursuing Cuomo for killing grannies in the care homes would show all the other Democrat governors that did the exact same things up in Michigan with Whitmer. So that's, so that's why ultimately in some ways it's like, oh, wow, which is going to win me too, or BLM or, or, or COVID. One uh, last bit of lame lies from the great white North Canadian kids were at low risk of severe COVID-19 early in the scamdemic that coming from the mainstream of globalnews.ca. This just in kids were at low risk for this crap. Our third and final story on new world next week, episode 461. It's all about those suspicious shortages. The UK's petrol crisis is just a taste of a more jittery uncertain future. We begin the episode of Bart's People on Saturday. A friend who spends most weekends trekking halfway across the country to check up on her increasingly frail parents spent an anxious morning scouring empty garages for petrol. She couldn't have been alone. The strains of a weekend stockpiling are starting to show. Some teachers can't fill up to get to school. Nurses are reduced to caging lifts to hospital and care workers who rely on their cars to reach vulnerable people in isolated areas are struggling. And then there are the purely human dilemmas. Imagine being heavily pregnant, bag all packed for the labor ward, and the fuel light is flashing. The longer this goes on, an emergency measure such as calling up army reservists can't produce results overnight, the more gaps may emerge in things once taken for granted. Appointments will be canceled, deliveries delayed, services suddenly unavailable. We've started to shift from being a just-in-time society, freewheeling through life, blithely assuming everything will always be there, to a just-in-case one, wondering nervously what we might run out of next. The legacy of COVID shutdowns, followed by a rush of bounce-back growth, is a global strain on raw materials and on every step of production and supply chains, which has been compounded in this country by a witless hard Brexit. There's still plenty of fuel sitting in refineries, but the resulting fuel shortage of tanker drivers to get it to British pumps was all it took to spark a run. But on top of this, the very idea of shortage of something sends the humans into what's known as a scarcity mindset, a jumpy and selfish state where our own survival becomes uppermost and each stampede arguably only makes the next one more likely. People caught short by the great toilet roll drought of 2020 may well have resolved not to get caught again when queues start forming at the pump. That is, of course, 
an op-ed, an opinion piece from the Greta Guardian because emotional stories sell agendas, not facts, as I reported back on Media Monarchy in 2016. My best friend's sister's brother's boyfriend's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows the kid who's going with a girl who saw 31 flavors run out of GMO ice cream last night. I, I guess it's pretty serious. And the controlled demolition continues. Britain urges motorists to carry on as normal as BP shuts dozens of petrol stations amid haulage crisis. Power supply shock looms. Global markets will feel the pinch very soon of China's next crisis. With market attention now laser-focused on Beijing's unprecedented curbs in the property sector, another major supply-side shock may have been underestimated or even missed. Analysts warned in a note predicting China's economy will shrink this quarter. But back here in the old states, Costco to impose buying limits on toilet paper and bottled water amid uptick in Delta-related demand. U.S. meat prices to remain elevated amid depleted reserves. I went over all of that related news on my morning show, and I'll ask and answer again here. Why are there socialist shortages of goods and services? Because they fired the workers for not getting MAGA jabs. James? Exactly right. Yes, you hit the nail on the head with controlled demolition. That is exactly what we are experiencing right now. It takes different forms in different countries. For example, um, I, I'm sure you noted recently, Britain was talking about the pingdemic. Because if someone gets their false positive test, uh, then... Everyone who's been in contact with that person gets pinged and notified you got to stay quarantined for a couple of weeks now. So suddenly you have hundreds of thousands, millions, whatever it is, suddenly staying home from work, causing disruptions in the supply chain that start to spiral. That's part of what's going on. Uh, another part of it is you've got to get the jab or you got to go home. So what ultimately ends up happening, as we're already starting to see out in American um, hospitals and, and medical care situations, a lot of the medical care workers, now larger and larger numbers of them are getting sent home and potentially losing their jobs. And then that creates a shortage of staff at the medical care facilities that then they can go, look, now we're overwhelmed because we have one-tenth the capacity that we did a couple of years ago, right? It's not an actual overwhelming. It's an overwhelming of a system that is being controlled demolitioned. So, I mean, there's many different aspects to this. The fundamental underlying question, of course, is why why are they controlled, doing a controlled demolition of not just the, the healthcare space, but literally the entire global economy, the global supply chain? What is this about? I think it obviously goes back to the Great Reset. They cannot push the Great Reset button unless and until there is general, widespread, palpably experienced crisis, not this scamdemic of, oh, I hear there's something going around and I know someone who knew someone whose aunt's uncle, you know, contracted this horrible boogie virus. No, people need to feel it at home and feel the panic. Scarcity mindset, as they point out, the scarcity mindset is panic and it's about the reptilian brain taking over. I got to get what I can while I can. They want to inculcate that in the population to spread the panic. And ultimately, I think the real long-term effect of this is preparing us, as I've been saying over and over, this is preparing us uh, for the climate lockdowns. This, I mean, this is not going to end when the scamdemic is declared over. It is going to continue under different guises, and they are preparing us for the scarcity 
uh, mindset of the neo-feudal society that they are going to bring about. You can't eat meat, you can't travel more than five kilometers, you can't do this, you can't do that, to save Mother Earth or whatever it is, and everyone will be controlled down in their little um, urban hellholes and uh, and attract and surveilled and everything they do. That That is the long-term agenda, and it's not so long-term anymore. We're starting to see the trailing edge of this, and this is what it looks like. So I think something, at least, I don't know how helpful this is, but I think that would at least be interesting to compile would be if um, people can let us know about the shortages that are going on in their particular neck of the woods. Please leave that in the comment section. Share that information. I cannot attest to... Um, having experienced much shortages here in Japan yet, but obviously as an island nation that relies for a great deal of its economy on imports, that's going to start pinching here very soon, I have no doubt, so I'll keep you informed of that. But I'd like to hear from other places, what are you noticing is flying off the shelves or unavailable or becoming much more uh, uh, pricey? I think that's something to keep an eye on. Mm. Pretty sure I saw a one-eyed Greta magazine cover that says, we're all bad. Uh, climate lockdowns already happening in China. I covered that also on my morning show. So again, places like China or California, they lead the world in essentially horrible technocratic things. So if you see it happening in China, you can bet your sweet bippy it's going to be in California pretty soon. Uh, we just found out in the chat the other morning, there are media monarchy members that have just recently received your religious exemption has been denied letter given in a registered FedEx delivery. That's basically like you, you got served. Uh, one more on the shortages. Everyday foods such as coffee, meat, and spices could become luxury items due to global climate impacts and changing tastes. That coming from the Big Brother Corporation. James, as we start to wrap up this episode, thinking about these luxury items, coffee, meat, fuel, really made me think about the novel, Make Room, Make Room, published in 1966. They made a movie out of it in 1973. What year do you want to guess Soylent Green was set in? Oh, oh that's right, 2022. So we will include the link to our classic film literature and New World Order episode on Soylent Green. Folks don't remember, Chuck Heston is a mid-level cop abusing his power. Classic. Snitching on chicks who have banned honey in their apartment until he realizes what's going on and it's way too late. It's kind of like living in a horror film. A horror film that we'll be playing along with dozens of other scary films and scary shows and scary documentaries all October long. That is for top tier Media Monarchy members only. I call it the Shocktober Surprise and October Horror Film Fest. Also, NewWorldNextWeek.com has my Octopus Radio Play for sale along with Corbett DVDs of Who is Bill Gates and 9-11 Trillions, 9-11 War Games. Those are flying off the shelves pretty quickly. You can support one or both of us via my P.O. Box. Remember to include your email if you're trying to get a subscription login from either of us. James, just one last thing. You said last week, hey, be patient. We're just two guys by ourselves. And even in the moment, I was like, that's not actually true. The levels we've been able to reach lately, at least at least personally, I can't, I can't, I can't totally speak for you. I can speak for you a little bit, though. 
the, the levels we've been able to hit lately would have been impossible without the help of my amazing wife doing the shipping for the new store, doing subscriptions and membership stuff for Media Monarchy, all that stuff. Brock doing all the video work. Big, huge love and thanks to both Brock and Cassie. And to you, Mr. Corbett, for making New World Next Week episodes with me for 12 years next month. And I understand Cassie recently had a birthday. So happy birthday to Cassie. She did. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it, none of this would be possible without the support of people out there who literally make this possible. So thank you all for uh, for your support. And hopefully we can give something back in the form of memberships, DVDs, radio plays. Merch will be coming, I'm sure. So hold on, guys. But we're just getting the store ready. So anyway, um, on that note, we're going to do it again next week. James, thanks for three great stories. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care. <laughs>